0: Welcome to The Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Laura Farmentini's curiosity and empathic personality has led her to travel the world and bring aid wherever she goes, be it in the form of raising funds to renovate an entire orphanage in Kenya or start up an animal sanctuary in Italy. She is also a nonprofit photographer who has worked with countless organizations around the world. Laura says she believes love in action heals not only the world, but also holds the key to our own healing. Oh, well, hi, Laura. Hi, Nicole. Where are you joining us from today? So I am in
1: Colorado at the um, at the moment, and um, we are very close to Denver. So okay. um, it's been beautiful. Yeah, and um, we've been traveling quite a bit, but this was a very nice. Um, place to stop for a while so
0: well and yeah. i had to ask because it's it, your name is spelled like laura and but you sp- pronounce it you will you pronounce it for everyone because it's so beautiful how you say it sure
1: it's laura
0: laura laura, laura yeah. formentini but even that i laura, say
1: <laughs> laura formentini yeah i'm originally from milan i'm from italy oh. and um yeah and uh People cannot believe that Laura is the same as Laura. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, it sounds very exotic here, but it's very common in Italy. So,
0: what was your pathway here? Did you move uh, from Milan when you were young to the U.S.?
1: Yeah, I moved when I was um, 21, and I started a family. I met my um, ex-husband um, in Italy, and then we started a family, and I've uh, been. You know, um, been living in the U.S. for for about twenty years, okay. uh, but I also moved back to um, back to Europe for a while, mm-hmm. and then I came back. But it's been it's been a uh, pretty much living in two different continents, pretty much my whole life. So wow,
0: you know, it's interesting because yeah. the message that I see from your work is that anything negative can be transformed into a positive. And so you mentioned. Um, the divorce, and um, I understand that you've experienced some some deaths in your life, some losses in that way. Is that kind of... Did you have this mentality of anything negative can be transformed into a positive first, or did those life experiences kind of bring that out in you?
1: Well, uh, I've always been a positive person. Um, I think that... um, my spirituality has always helped i've always felt like well i'm i'm here temporarily and um how can i improve um you know by tapping into you know how how can i improve my life by tapping into my spirituality and i think that's always helped um and every time i find myself in a you know during that you know i Tough situation, I'm always thinking, I always remind myself i I believe that I'm here to make the world a better place and um and you know love love is uh, very important to me in my life. I think that it seems like a this convoluted thing, thing you know um this idea of loving having to love unconditionally unconditionally, and all of that but it's really. The most simple, and it's something that it's, uh, I think it's just the most healing thing that we can do is to love. And uh, loving action is the highest form of love because it really, it just doesn't heal the people or the animals or the tr- children that you're helping. It heals you at the mm-hmm. deepest core. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, I believe that love is very simple. Actually, I think that we just live in a very convoluted society, and we forgot mm-hmm. what what it means, you know, um, to to really to really do the, the most basic thing is loving. And you know, uh, every every time I find myself in a in a difficult situation, I switch back immediately into that energy of love.
0: And that really helps me um, move forward. It's interesting because I I always say the life that you transform with kindness is your own. But you're saying that through the lens of love, and it's it is. I I can just I can see it. I can feel it. I've seen it in my own life and the lives of others. And you have made this your life's. Mission, really? If this is your work, this is your mission, tell us about what you do, all of these different projects, the ways that you put love <laughs> into action. There's like a million yeah. of them um, a
1: million things. yeah um, yeah, so. Uh, okay, where do I start? Yeah, or back up and start um, where
0: it, wherever it began. Did you just love to travel first and then decide that yeah, you, yeah. you wanted to be with I've people? always
1: loved to travel. Mm-hmm. and uh, But, you know, everything really stems from the fact that um, I am a highly sensitive person. I'm an HSP, and so very empathic and very curious. And so um, it all stems from that, you know, the desire to, you know, to learn, to explore and, um, but being an HSP, uh, so I'm an empath and because of that, and because of what typically, uh, we empaths go through, um, I unfortunately had a complete lack of boundaries. So I had no idea what a boundary was, where I ended, where the other person started. And so, you know, I was the victim of, um, abuse and neglect and all of that stuff. And, um, and so I kind of shut down, you know, for a long time. And I was I couldn't believe that people were doing what we're, they were doing to other people, to animals, to, um, to their family members, you know, I just couldn't believe it. And so, um, so I did shut down for a while. And then I realized, you know, all the stuff that was going, going on in the world, I was thinking, well, you know, I, how can I put this empathy to good use? because i realize that us as hsps have this enormous power the power to change the world for the better um but the problem with us is that we need to figure out where our boundaries are so once we we figure those boundaries then we have so much power to create change positive change because we see the world from a specific angle, different than what most people see. And then we, we have the power to change the world from another specific angle, which is our angle of compassion and, and empathy and unity. And so, so I was like, wow. So I basically, you know, I went through um, my mother's death, my divorce, all during the same year okay my kids were grown one was already was finishing college the other one um was taking acting classes in Prague, in the czech republic and so i had nothing to lose i was like please universe you know tell me what i need to do here because it was i was like a blank page for the universe to write on and and i really i put this intention out i said Please help me to uh, put me on the right path, whatever I'm meant to do, please. And so what I did was, I was living in Los Angeles at the time, Um, I sold most of my possessions and I decided to travel. And what I did was, I flew down to Africa, okay, and I took this memorable trip that took about, uh, took me to eight different countries. So... We started in South Africa, and we ended in Tanzania. And um, it was just an eye-opening experience because I had nothing to lose. I was like, I am ready for a new chapter, but I didn't know where to go, what to do. And so I followed my heart. I said, I'm going to Africa. And it was an organized tour with Intrepid Intrepid Travel, um, beautiful um, it was a group of 24 people. We bonded, and wow, the stuff that I saw—the just the poverty, the um, the incredible sense of community that you have down there that you don't have anywhere else. I was like, wow. Back here in the U.S., you know, it's all about you know how cool I am and how much better I am than you. Mm-hmm. That's how, we, that's how I felt back then. And then, so when I was down in Africa, I realized, wow, the sense of community, the poverty, the, the appalling, appalling um, uh, way in which a lot of people lived. And I was like, okay, when I go back, I'm going to do something about it. And so um, what I did was when I went back to L.A., I started fundraising for the orphanage that I um, that I visited. This orphanage is right outside of Nairobi in Kenya, and um, I started fundraising. And you know, we I brought in the funds to remodel uh, the dorms and the kitchen. And uh, unfortunately, they had the most appalling. Uh, uh, living quarters. Um, I cannot believe that they lived like that. It was 120 kids. And I was like, wow. So I, le- I had to learn to detach my feelings from work. Mm-hmm. Otherwise like, there's no way I would have been able to continue. But I was like, wow, I am helping you. And so, um, so I did. And I established this amazing relationship with Mama John and, and all the kids. And it was just fantastic. You know, and I,
0: was Mama John the, the director of the orphanage?
1: Mama John was the founder. So okay. she, she said, you are our angel. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I was praying for someone to come and help us. And I said, I am no angel, but, you know, mm-hmm. I'll do whatever I can. She asked me to run the orphanage. And I said, oh, my gosh, I, I don't know how. How can I do this, you know? Mm-hmm. But brought in the funds, and then I established this amazing relationship with the kids, and I started uh, sponsoring the kids to go to college, and um, because, uh, you know, after high school, pretty much they stopped because they they don't have any sponsors, and so I said, oh, I'll sponsor your college, and then after that, um, I fundraised for a rundown clinic in Malawi. Even there, it was incredible. They had no mosquito nets Uh, you know the women would give birth on um, uh, mattresses that were infested with bed bugs and and it was just like wow Mm. wow that was insane and so I fundraised for them too and then um, the big one is uh, uh, I had a friend in Sicily in Italy uh, who was asking for help as far as she had this little animal shelter and she said, Hey, um, I need help with that. And, and, uh, you know, monetarily, she was financially um, really needing help. And so I helped her out. And then, and then I said, Hey, why don't we just do something grand here? Why don't we create something that we've been wanting to create ever since we were little? And that was an animal sanctuary. And so we were like, yeah, let's do it. But we had no idea where to do it, how to do it, or mm-hmm. we had no clue. Back in 2014, I had taken a, um, a seminar on how to start and run your animal sanctuary with uh, Best Friends in Utah. It's the biggest animal sanctuary in the U.S. But I had no idea that, uh, you know, if it would ever come to fruition or I was like, oh, well, I'm going to take it because I feel like it's the right thing to do, but I have no idea <laughs> if it's going to happen or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, five years later, boom, we opened one in Sicily. It's up and running and it's been very, very complicated because they are very antiquated laws there and they don't really see progress as something that is, um, there's just not much progress in general there so it was very um very complicated but uh so so now we are um uh, permanent partners with global giving which is the largest um crowdfunding platform in the world mm-hmm. and we're in uh, touch with numerous foundations, both in the U.S., and Europe, to make this thing work and um, to to get it going, because Sicily has the highest amount of of strays in Europe. And because there's a complete lack of humane education, um, the problem there is, most people just don't sterilize their pets. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is there's just an overpopulation all over the place. And um, unfortunately, what happens is these animals who are not sterilized, they're everywhere. And so they are uh, routinely killed and poisoned and tortured. And it was just appalling. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to do something here. And so even there, I funded the whole thing. But now um, we are really requesting that uh, funds from the, from the foundations um, because we are in the process of creating a humane center uh, on the grounds. We have about seventeen acres, mm-hmm. and we already we're already building an elderly dog shelter within on the on the um, on our grounds. And so the humane center will bring in. Um, international educators and uh, so that you know we can teach children mm-hmm. uh, what what it means to really love and humane education is very important it's at the base of everything mm-hmm. uh, I think that everything starts with our kids mm-hmm. everything starts with um, teaching them what love and compassion is Yeah. and that uh what we are doing here is giving voice to the voiceless, because I feel like since I was such a sensitive person growing up, I felt like I had no voice. I couldn't speak up because um, it was difficult. And I was always afraid of speaking up and saying the right thing or maybe I'm saying the wrong, wrong thing. And So now I'm realizing that I have that us as HSP do have a lot of power. But mm-hmm. we need to figure out our boundaries. We really need to figure out that this is great. It's great to have this power and uh, um, that we can change the world. Mm-hmm. So one of the books that I wrote is um, dedicated to all the sensitive people, people out there. Um,
0: is this part and- of the GLOW trilogy that you have coming out?
1: This is, uh, so the trilogy is um, about my experiences. Uh, One is about my experience working with the orphanage. The other one is my experience uh, with opening up a sanctuary and all the ups and downs. And the third book will be a partnership with Plan USA um, International, uh, a book endorsed by them on um, the beauty of sponsorship. I've been sponsoring more than 40 kids mm-hmm. uh, since 2004. Mm-hmm. And so I said to them, hey, how about we write a book together and about um, the lives uh, of the previously sponsored children. Okay, mm-hmm. So these are adults that we're interviewing. And we want to interview them to really see the positive impact that sponsorship has uh, made in their lives. So what their life was before, during, and after. Because it's been an amazing experience for me. You're not just helping them, you're helping yourself as well. Because it's a win-win situation where, um, you know, it's, you're loving them, but you're also loving yourself mm-hmm. because you're doing something really special
0: mm-hmm.
1: for yourself because you're creating an amazing relationship. And throughout the years, I've had all these beautiful letters coming in from the kids. And, and you know, we've I have kids all over the world, basically,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: many mm-hmm. in, they're really from everywhere. They're from Africa, Asia, and it's just so beautiful to do that. And What a remarkable
0: Um, book, you know, that's just going to be so interesting, I think, for people to hear how, whatever, if it's $30 a month or whatever it is, when they, when they belong to some of these partnerships, what that actually could mean to people. That is, that's fantastic. So, but, but, so the Glow partnership is different than the book you started talking about a different book that you're writing that yeah okay you have four books going on (laughs) I'm
1: almost finished with this book and so the trilogy is basically on these experiences my my fourth book it's uh it's not part of any any collection it's just uh it's a very special book for me because it's dedicated to my son who passed away last year um and all the sensitive people out there who um whom I'm really asking to step up to really stand up for what they feel is right because there's so many amazing people out there who are afraid of speaking up afraid of standing up for what's right and I've been there I know what it's like I know what it feels like to be to feel abused and neglected and not heard and so this book is called um 21 olive trees and it's dedicated to my son who was 21 when he passed away last year and we are planting 21 olive trees at the sanctuary in his honor uh this year and so it's my way of saying not just to keep his memory alive and we were best for the best of, of friends we were just soulmates and we couldn't finish each other's sentences it was just you know we, yeah. we would we would finish each other's sentences it was just like a an amazing relationship and so but i feel him i know that he's around um he's guiding me and um he's saying mom keep going because you're doing a great job and let's dedicate this book to all the sensitives out there mm-hmm. because there's so many people out there seriously on with their lives on hold. And I'm saying, you know, do you put that amazing love that you have inside of you, do you put that love out there to good use? I mean, you know, it's, it, there's so much that you can do in the world. Mm-hmm. but it's very important that you first establish your boundaries mm-hmm. stop absorbing other people's energy and be be in your own energy and say hey this is who i am this is what i came here for um standing up for what is right and i'm not backing down mm-hmm. because this is it I'm, I'm i've had it with with the um, with the negativity i've had it with the pain Let's create something beautiful together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's what 21 Olive Trees is about. It's a, it's a, it's a way of saying, Blaze was, was my son's name. Blaze, I love you. And mm-hmm. it goes beyond the physical. Yeah. I'm doing something that is dedicated to you, but I'm doing something also for all the sensitives out there because he was such a sensitive person. And uh, so I think that, you know, you don't have to do anything that is grandiose, but do something. Mm -hmm. I think as long as we all do something that is positive, and that's not just for the HSPs, anybody, something that, something that raises the vibration of the earth, because earth is suffering. There's so much pain on earth. And if we, if we all unite, we can all do something special. They raises the vibration. Yeah. Kindness, love, compassion. You know, not everybody's going through what you're going through, so try to put yourself in their shoes.
0: Right, because be they're going through something. Right, might not be what you're right. going through, but they're going through something. We'll get back to our conversation with Laura Formantini in just a moment, but first, our kindness call.
3: Hola, mi nombre es Samuel Caravantes, y quiero compartir una historia.
2: Hello, my name is Samuel Caravantes and I want to
3: share a story.
2: I have two friends who are living in another state.
3: And
2: they were asking if they um, could come and live with me if they were to move to the state where I live.
3: Y ayudarles a conseguir trabajo
2: and to help them to receive work or to find work
3: entonces son amigos de, mi, de infancia muy conocidos míos
2: so they are friends from my childhood that I've known for a long time
3: y yo les ayude a que se movieran de otro estado para acá Sur
2: and so I helped them um, and they were able to move to, here to South Dakota
3: y ahora pues ellos están muy felices de que de haber hecho eso
2: and so now they're very happy to have done that.
3: Y me lo agradecen mucho, dicen.
2: And they say that they're very grateful.
3: Yeah. Gracias. Yay!
2: Did you know you can be on the
0: Kindness Podcast? Call the Kindness Hotline with your story. You can leave us a voicemail at the number in the description of this podcast. Now, back to the show. Laura, I thought I had heard, um, well, I know I had heard of a study really recently that came out that talked about one in four young people between the ages of 18 and 25 or something are contemplating suicide or have contemplated suicide in the last month and it's my understanding that that's how blaze lost his life is that right do you mind sharing yeah so yeah Yeah, um so he was
1: as I said, a very special person, very sensitive, beautiful, very very intelligent and um compassionate and his idea was to start a documentary film okay and we would we were set to to work together. I would write and fundraise and would do documentaries and really document what's what's out there but um but the the difficulty there for him was to really be in a world where, uh, you know, the world of, unfortunately, film and fashion and, you know, uh, these are worlds because he was also a model.
0: Mm.
1: He was six, four, gorgeous, and um, it's a world and it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And he found himself in this circle of people where, you know, he was in it for the craft. He was not in it for the, all the stuff that comes with it, you know, mm-hmm. the, the fame and the money and, oh, people are looking at me and all of that. He was, like, extremely sensitive to uh, not just the people but the environment. Mm-hmm. And so he started changing right after he moved to Los Angeles, and I just couldn't recognize him anymore. And so what I did was I took him out of that environment and he decided to travel and to go to, um, uh, Sri Lanka and then Cambodia to volunteer. Um, and he said, you know, he called me a couple of days after and he said, um, just two days, uh, away from Los Angeles, I'm already feeling much better. Mm. And so, um, unfortunately he was he was doing really well in that type of environment, the volunteering and the you know the giving and, and all of that. But that particular Los Angeles experience had already changed them mm-hmm. completely, and um, it was hard to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like he, he was he had been scarred, and mm-hmm. um, he couldn't believe how you know, certain environments are and how difficult it was for him. It was just, um, so what I'm saying is, um, I did try my best to, um, to, to make him happy, to really, I, I, we were so similar, him and I, that I knew exactly what was good for him, what was not. That's why I took him away from Mm -hmm. that environment. Um, as soon as I noticed what was going on, um, but my um, my message is not, you know, HSPs, the highly sensitive people, do absorb energies from people, from places, and so on. Mm-hmm. And so, be very careful of where you put your children, of where you send them. Uh, mm-hmm. Make sure that they are surrounded by love, unconditional love, and that they are in an environment where they can give, where they can be themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially um, where they're surrounded by people who are uh, like-minded because you cannot put a highly sensitive people in a very harsh environment. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, um, I've been there. uh, It just doesn't work. So um, there's lots and lots of volunteering opportunities out there. Um, lots and lots of beautiful things that uh, we as HSPs um, can do in the world. There's so many different beautiful things, but mainly it's about giving mm-hmm. and being appreciated for who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. Um, I just
0: think it's so, so remarkably yeah beautiful and brave and it is love in action for you to share this and to and to both share blaze's story and your own and and what it feels like to be um so sensitive and i just think that is just that is the kindness you are putting out in the world and it's remarkable and it's going to make other people brave and so i just thank you thank you thank you for doing that thank you Yeah. Yeah, I um but do you have a favorite kindness story to to share before we let you go today? Is there anything in particular that stands out that really just mattered to you?
1: Well, I I think that the Mama John story is fantastic. Um it's part of my first book uh, of the trilogy. It's called Coming Home. And Mama John was an amazing woman who lived in Nairobi, Kenya. And she had very little money. She didn't have much. Um, But she was a very compassionate, very loving person, and she she lived very close to the slums, okay? The slums of Nairobi are the biggest in Africa, by the way. I think it's 1.5 million people. Wow. And um, she started adopting one kid and then another kid and then another kid, and they all came into her house. So there was a point there where she had, five children living with her, okay, and she said, I've got to do something bigger here. So, <laughs> so she started collecting money from friends and from uh, strangers, you know, donating to her. She opened the orphanage, um, the orphanage in Kitengela that eventually hosted 120 children. They all came from the slums. And this is the person that I met very briefly. She said to me, oh, you're our angel mm-hmm. and all of that. She said, can you please help us? Because we really need help with the renovation of the kitchens and and, uh, and the dorms. And, and I said, sure, I will. I had no idea how to do it. <laughs> but having having sold most of my possessions, I said, yeah, I'm doing it for you. But that was the most amazing story because she never gave up. She never gave up. She loved their ch- her children. They all called her mom and she passed away in September of 2018. So I just saw her one time. And, mm. you know, I've been in touch with them ever since. And mm-hmm. we, we talk on WhatsApp probably twice a week. So we're really great friends. And it's, I can't wait to go back. So um, that is remarkable. I, yeah, I did it in her honor because she was such a remarkable person and
0: you just don't meet people like that every day. Yeah. And when you do, it's you're especially grateful because they, they leave a lasting impression on you. Absolutely. Laura, thank you so much for talking with us today on the Kindness Podcast. Thank you, Nicole. That was a conversation with author, photographer, and philanthropist Laura Formentini. Learn more about her important work at www.lauraformen tin Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section and check out my new book, The Negativity Remedy, now available in stores.